Alrighty. Uh, well, here we are, regular Drews. Welcome, everyone. Episode 55. Uh, we are going to be talking about a history of Nancy Drew adaptations. Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? I learned that from the Nancy Drew detective. Okay, go. You think you can follow the clues and solve the case of the missing condiment, Nancy Drew? Yeah. Because I've read every Nancy Drew mystery ever written. Nancy, please tell me you're joking. Wow, you suck at this Nancy Drew stuff. You should get a new hobby. My name is Carson Drew, and this is my assistant, Nancy. Nancy Drew. It's curtains for you, Miss Drew. Nancy. Nancy Drew strikes again. A regular Nancy Drew. I feel like we should have like a fanfare or something. <laughs> it just feels like so momentous mm -hmm. to me. I don't know why. Probably because of the length of the document with which we are about to review. <laughs> uh, I'm a little wordy when I'm writing, but that's okay. I think once we get into it, it'll it'll flow pretty quickly here. I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited. This is a lot of information, Corey. This is very impressive. I have to say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Corey is a master researcher. I just want to throw that out to our listeners. Well, thank you. If you say um, so. She just, once she starts something, she just doesn't stop until she has, like, explored every avenue. It's what makes her um, an amazing detective. No. Um, you know? Um, but, yeah, she has written us uh, a timeline that spans from 1923 to present day. And into the future, um, possibly, hopefully. And into the future, possibly, oh Lord. <laughs> um, you know, just covering every single Nancy Drew film adaptation. Or TV. And other adaptations. TV, right, and Broadway. <laughs> That's the future part, hopefully. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, that has, that has existed and or not existed. <laughs> so I did try to make this when I was, you know, putting everything in order. I tried to make it mostly chronological. We're going to jump back and forth a little bit just because we're going to go more by the specific actress that played Nancy rather than, um, you know, just overall chronological. But I think once we start, it'll make sense with how we're jumping around. But we're also going to throw in a little bit of information about projects that were supposed to be made but never ended up getting made. So um, TV shows and movies in that regard. Um, we aren't going to touch on the games in this. Of course, the games are uh, wonderful adaptations that we absolutely love, but we've, I mean, we've already done an episode on that and we really just don't have time with how much information there is here. So if you want to go learn more about the game adaptations, go listen to episode 30, but otherwise this is just going to be, um, on screen adaptations. And then, like you said, we'll talk about the, the Broadway potential, uh, at the end. I remember we talked about that a while ago and I was just so sad that it didn't end up being a thing. I found the songs. it would have been... Yeah, I remember finding one of them. I found six. Did you find more? Six oh in total, god. yeah. Oh my god. Okay, we might have to pause to listen to those. We might. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so just a fair warning to you listeners, I actually haven't read the entirety of this <laughs> research that Corey has compiled. 
Um, so uh, I'm going to be, you know, learning about this as you learn about it. And I'm very excited to. Um, yeah. Well, you, I mean, Those you know some, some of this say. already because we've already yeah. covered some of the adaptations. So some sure. of the information, of course, it's relevant to repeat again here. Not really repeat, but elaborate on here. Um, right. I actually... Um, watched everything uh, in preparation <laughs> for this. So I've now seen every Nancy Drew adaptation um, with the exception wow. of a, a few episodes of the 1977 show of, of season two, just because I haven't gotten to those yet. And I'm savoring them because they're my favorite, right. favorite adaptation. So, so I, I mean, I've seen the show, just not every single episode yet. So, but I'm getting there, but I um, finished the 1995 show last night, actually. So Oh, wow. Wow. So you told me it's on Tubi, right? It is. Yes. And it is. I, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to cover that in a future oh, episode I hope so. as yes. well. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. go too much into our opinions here. Cause I'm, I mean, it's been a, a while since I've seen some of these anyway, I have seen all of them now, but it's, it's been a while. So we won't go too much into our personal opinions, mostly just the history, but we'll see Corey. We'll, we'll have see. to, we'll have to mention <laughs> some things, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, but so I don't know, I guess, how do we do three words for this? Oh, okay. Um, actresses, I guess. Well, yeah. Okay. So actresses, Warner Brothers, yes, maybe? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then I don't know, but Harriet Stradmeyer Adams, maybe? Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. I like it. I didn't say history, but that's obvious yeah, from history. the title. Yeah. So, yeah, I was trying to think who are our major players here. Definitely Harriet. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, do you want to kick us off with Benita? Okay. So on February second, nineteen twenty-three, Benita Granville was born in Manhattan. Um, she's the only child of two vaudeville stage performers. That's amazing. Very cool. Um, she started her career at three years old, and she began. Uh, she started off stage acting. Uh, she got her first movie role at nine and appeared in at least 20 films uh, before landing the role of Nancy. She was in Little Women, Anne of Green Gables, these three, which I've never heard of, um, but she was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for that. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Yes. Um, and she was the youngest ever person at the time to be nominated for an Oscar at 13. Yep. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That is crazy. That is crazy. Um, so she had quite the auspicious start. Um, and then in 1937, Harriet Stradmeyer Adams would sell the exclusive film rights to Nancy Drew uh, to Jack Warner, who's the president of Warner Brothers at the time, for $6,000, which is about $123,000 today, which seems a bit of a low ball. It absolutely to me. was, yes. Okay. <laughs> Harriet, um, we'll get into it later, but she later said that she felt pretty naive because of how, I mean, she mm. had, what, just taken over the company, like, six years prior seven years prior so wow. she's still pretty new to running a company herself sure. and so she i mean later she did feel kind of she felt kind of yeah. lowballed on that on yeah. that but she regrets exactly yeah. yes ah um and so and it seems like warner brothers probably still owns the rights today from that purchase mm -hmm. in 1937 yep that is insane yeah. i don't i mean we don't know if you know it ever they ever lost the rights to it and then bought it back at any point that's maybe I'm a little pretty bit sure not. unclear 
but like that has got to be like maybe like I don't know anything about the history of 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 film, but like I can only imagine one of the longest holding <laughs> rights to like a you know a, yeah a copyright or whatever from 1937 to 2023. Wow, and I mean probably I can why. all the way into the future. That was a pretty good good get for Jack Warner, wasn't pretty it? Pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. But so when she sold the rights, this is not the first time um, that, you know, they tried to to make a screen adaptation of one of their series is because Edward Stratemeyer tried to get Tom Swift made into a movie in 1917, but nobody really had any interest in it. Then, of course, in April of 1938, Warner Brothers announced that they would um, that Benita Granville was going to star in Nancy Drew in an upcoming series of movies. And they began filming in June of that year. Um, and uh, also in that summer in August, they announced plans for a Nancy Drew radio show that um, would like run alongside the movie franchise and also star Benita. But that apparently never got made, which is sad that would have been so good <laughs> if there was any recordings they are lost and any scripts that were written for it are, are lost to time as well unfortunately but that would have been really cool to to see what the content of that was going to be oh well yeah um and then in november of that year uh, nancy drew detective premieres with our star-studded cast um everyone in the movies was already kind of well established as far you know as their acting careers went um the movie cost $131,000 to make which is 2.8 million dollars today which is i feel like maybe a small budget yeah it is I don't know. yeah i mean for, by today's standards absolutely yeah um, it earned fourteen thousand five hundred, uh, which is three hundred thousand dollars today, in its first week in the box office. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell like what that means um, at the time. I don't really know enough about you know the movie industry at the time about you know whether or not that would be considered a good start. Um, but apparently, all four movies did continue to play in theaters for years after their release, so it must have been somewhat successful to continue to do that um you said that you also couldn't find the amount that benita was paid for the role but imdb says she earned 500 dollars a week for another movie that she did around the same time so maybe something similar she was a you know established enough name she was already nominated you know? for an oscar by this point like <laughs> right right Interesting. Yeah. So this first film um, had a couple of different working titles, um, including Nancy Drew Gets the Passport, Passport to Larkspur Lane, and Mystery at Larkspur Lane, um, which is interesting um, as to why they felt like they needed to change that. Um, but who knows? Um, the second movie, Nancy Drew Reporter, was already in production at the time of the release of the first movie's release. And of course, the success of the first movie, you know, led to the decision to continue on with the series and make another one after the second one. Um, all four of these movies were directed by William Clemens, and all four screenplays were written by Kenneth Gam Gamet? Gamet? I don't know. Gamet? Gamet? I don't know. Who knows? Um, 
All four movies were comedy B movies, which means that they were limited to about a 60 minute runtime um, and they would show in movie theaters before the main feature film. So that's what it means to be a B movie, which is interesting because I never considered like where that phrase or terminology came from. But of course, it came from like the fact that a movie theater has an A movie. Yeah. And they also have B. That was just interesting. I also tried for a really long time because I thought it would be really cool to to find something like this, but like a picture of a movie theater marquee outside that has like Nancy Drew on the title. But because it's a oh. B movie, it wasn't really. It wasn't, yeah, mm-hmm. advertised like that. I could only find one instance of Benita having her name on a movie marquee, but it was for a movie that she did after Nancy Drew. So, oh well. Gotcha. But I thought gotcha. that would have been cool, but probably, yeah. probably didn't happen very often around the country having Nancy Drew's name on the marquee. Right. Oh well. Um, speaking of Benita, she was only 15 when she starred as Nancy. Um, and that year, um, I guess the same year that the first one came out, she starred in five other movies. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, you should read this old, um, the movie review that you put in here. Okay. Because it is really good. I read this. Oh, you did? Okay. So this is, this is from, um, a December 1938 edition of Variety. And I have to credit Variety here. They have excellent online archives. I was able to find a lot of really cool, like old reviews from this series of movies in their, um, in their archives. So I did put a few other in our notes here if you want to go and read them, but they're really long, so we won't take the time to read all of them. But I, I really liked this <laughs> review for the first one. It says, fairly worthwhile kid stuff. Based on the series of Juve books by Carolyn Keene, Nancy Drew Detective is the first in a string of bread and butter pictures for the Moppets. I just love the 1930s terminology <laughs> yeah! in this. It's too cute. Um, too light for adult fare and therefore limited to dueling at matinees or occasional holiday nights when the youngsters are on the loose. Benita Granville getting to the young Miss Age, parentheses, she drives her own car, so she's apparently supposed to be about 16, and softening just a trifle towards the boys is the hub around which the action revolves. Or, to put it more accurately, she's the spark plug that keeps the story rolling. As alert, curious, and fearless as a Scotty pup, she's always on the jump, (laughs) always poking her nose into hornet's nests, and since it wouldn't do to kill her off, always thwarting the devious plans of the rogues she uncovers. As sidekick, she has the boy next door, Frankie Thomas, who's due to be written into the script as the properly innocuous romance. There's also her stern but kindly father, John Littell, who who just to be prepared for future script exigencies is a lawyer. Headed for comedy attention in future editions of the series is a lame br- lame brain police inspector whom the girl gumshoe puts to shame. All strictly light- lightweight stuff, but harmless and pleasant or harmless and mildly pleasant, particularly considering the budget. Direction is acceptable since it keeps the action spinning and doesn't let subtleties impede the story. Miss Granville is forthright and refreshing as the bright-eyed heroine, while young Thomas, Littell, and others are there for the goods when called on. Brandon Tynan, a familiar and colorful character actor on Broadway for years, contributes a believable performance as a doctor beaten up by the kidnappers. Wow. Isn't that fun? (laughs) It's also like, just, you know by like normal standards just like a good review yeah like i mean like a well-written like accurate review of the movie yeah i mean like 19 you know 30s lingo or whatever aside oh that's the best part for me (laughs) which is the best which is absolutely the best part it's just like a yeah that is exactly what the movie is (laughs) harmless but worthwhile kid stuff yeah exactly (laughs) yeah 
Um, so on February 18th, 1939, the following year, Nancy Drew Reporter premieres, um, and this is Nancy's first ever murder case. Um, reviews for this one weren't as good as the last one, but still positive overall. Um, in June 17 of the same year, 1939, Nancy Drew t- Troubleshooter premieres. Um, the whole movie was made in just one month? Yep. <laughs> Holy shit. They really pumped these things out, man. Um, and it had a bigger budget because of the success of the first two. Um, this one was another murder case. Um, and when it was showing in theaters, this film ended with a little clip of Benita and Frankie, um, who plays Ted in the movies, announcing the next movie, which is very cute. Um, Carson has a romance plot in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I bet that's bad. <laughs> um, and Nancy and Ted were also supposed to have a kissing scene, but it was cut from the movie. Mm-hmm. This is drama. This is top tier drama. I have a screenshot I'm... of it there in the notes if you want to follow you that do? link. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I'm like, why Why would you cut this? We need. Uh, yeah. <gasps> no. <laughs> Oh, it's awful. <laughs> I know. Oh. Oh, this is such a sad little kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> oh, um, well, we, I mean, obviously we just finished watching the, the Hidden Staircase movie, which is the movie after this one, and Carson's love interest is not in that one, so we have to assume it didn't, you know, progress from there. Poorly. But yeah. <laughs> well, Nancy's character, like, her whole thing in the movie is, like, trying to sabotage it because she's not comfortable with Dad, like, moving oh, on. Yeah. And, like, yeah. So it's... And then Ted has, like, a little crush on the woman as well, and it's, like, it causes drama. So she's drama. uncomfortable with that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, man. <laughs> so hold on for a second. Because this... So this kiss was supposed to happen in the the movie before the Hidden Staircase movie, which is the one that we just watched. Mm-hmm. Except that it got cut, so I realized it didn't actually happen. But you're telling me that in the Hidden Staircase movie, both... Um, Nancy and Ted are supposed to be close enough to where, like, they could have kissed. Right. That does not feel real. (laughs) What does a 16-year-old's romance story really look like in the 30s, though? You know, it's scandalous for her to be kissing boys at that age, right? So... So I'm sorry, but we need we should post this, that <laughs> this picture. picture whenever we we do this because Benita Granville is giving yeah. and this like she is doing her a hundred percent a plus best with like this the sw- kind of like uh, I don't want to say swoony but like she's just really leaning into it hard and then Frankie Thomas <laughs> is just kind of like standing there like. It feels like he's like, trying to like lean away, like he's not into it. Maybe that's how it was in the movie, but I don't. <laughs> Maybe so. I couldn't find the the actual scene like on YouTube or anything. I wish I could have, but yeah, that's that's okay. a funny picture, man. Yeah, it is. Um. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Um. So reviews said that this movie was kind of consistent in quality with the previous two, but. Um, had some unintentionally funny moments, um, which sounds accurate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, but Nina did say that this was her favorite movie out of the four, which is interesting. It was also my favorite, I must say. It was really it was cute, yeah. Okay. Is this the one with the the plane where they drive a plane and they take a picture? Or no, that's that's uh we watched that one before. There is uh there's another scene with a, a plane in another movie as well. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm Sorry. trying to remember which one it was now because I watched them like back to back. The one that we watched previously was Nancy Drew um detective mm-hmm. no i'm trying it's either the second or the third one like, i can't remember but there's a scene with yeah. the bad guys where they like try to kill nancy and ted in a plane crash and it's oh yeah it's very intense but okay <laughs> um so this this movie nancy drew troubleshooter was supposed to be based off of book number 15 the haunted bridge um but they scrapped that in favor of using an original storyline um, and apparently in August, in a letter that Harriet wrote to Mildred in an August 3rd, 1939 letter, Harriet wrote, I'm glad that you enjoyed the moving picture. I have only seen the first two, although three have been shown in this area, and I have just heard that a fifth is in production. Up to date, we have not found that having Nancy Drew on the screen has increased the sales of the book any, but perhaps it takes a little while to get these things started. <sighs> fascinating yeah can you imagine owning and you know caring about nancy drew so much and then not seeing all of the movies that showed in your area well she was not a fan of these movies either but that's well that's the next bullet point so right yeah yes so she reportedly felt that she was naive to sell the movie rights when and how she did um supposedly yeah she regretted it because she didn't like the portrayal of nancy and felt that like her personality was too far removed from the nancy in the books which i feel is like a totally fair criticism of the films however rumor has it that she based the carson and the revised texts off the john little's portrayal of him that's pretty cool because you know he's kind of the more uh, not more caring because Carson was never an uncaring father, but just more sure. more doting than he was in uh-huh. the originals, and then that kind of influenced how yeah. she she wrote the new Carson. So I could see I that. Like that. Um, Mildred, however, reportedly liked the films despite the difference from her original manuscripts. Interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Oh, I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'd love to know more about what Mildred thought specifically, but. I could not okay. find it. Do you want to take it from here? Okay, yes. So September 9th, 1939, Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase premieres. Um, this is, of course, yet another murder case in the second of the four movies to be directly based off of one of the books. Um, reviews for this one praised it for being a great comedy movie, but they uh, criticized it for not making more of an effort to make the mystery appeal to boys. What? Yeah. <laughs> What does that even mean? It was, it's too what girly. If, we need boys to be what interested What about the mystery well. is girly? Someone's murdered. They shoot guns. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what is girly? The main character is a girl. So automatically, oh. it's a girl movie, right? There's a boy in it. Yep. What more do they want? <laughs> and it, it was also criticized for being an unfaithful adaptation of the book, um, which, I mean, okay. understandable. 
Hmm. Fun fact, some copies of the book at the time were printed with a special banner on the cover indicating that it was adapted into a movie. And in order to promote the movie series, Warner Brothers sent press kits to local movie theaters, encouraging them to like start Nancy Drew fan clubs with high school girls like from their community, like as a come to the movie theater and we're going to have watch parties for the Nancy Drew movies, but also wow. you're in this club now. Um, so they had like screening nights and they would have other like empowering events like they like come meet a woman with a career and hear what it's like for <laughs> ladies to have jobs <laughs> wow uh, members who joined would receive a membership card in the mail and they were instructed to follow certain rules so as to emulate nancy and her personality Shut up. rules included oh my god no smoking no drinking no petting um, <gasps> oh yeah yeah and uh benito was named the honorary president of the clubs <laughs> There's a full My list. My jaw is on the ground. I have somewhere I no have the full smoking. list. No smoking, no drinking, no, no sm- petting. Oh! Yeah. No petting? Yeah. <laughs> AKA no no randy business? No fooling around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It also said that um, wow. girls should pay their own way on dates when they go out with boys. Um, and, you know... Uh, what were some of the other ones? This makes me so angry. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. What a... Oh! But hey, okay. in exchange for following these rules, you got a signed autograph photo of Benita Granville. So... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's worth it. I don't know. <laughs> you can just lie. It's just that, like, to use Nancy Drew, which is, like, you know, this, like, feminist girl power thing as a way to subjugate and control women. Yeah. Oh. Nancy oh. wouldn't be doing these things. Okay. Oh. Sorry. Continue. Okay. Well, <laughs> getting into some of our canceled projects here, a fifth Nancy Drew movie, which had the working title Dangerous Nancy Drew, was already in production at the time of the Hidden Staircase premiere. Um, it was actually already, li- like, likely had already been filmed at this time. Um, we don't know for sure, but an interview that Frankie Thomas Jr. did later in his life, who he was the actor that played Ted in this, um, he said he remembers filming a fifth movie and it just never got mm-hmm. released. So who knows? But we do know that Kenneth Gamet, or Gamay, however we say his name, he actually wrote eight total screenplays for this franchise. However, before The Hidden Staircase premiered, Warner Brothers announced that they were switching gears and instead going to move the the franchise forward as a series of two reelers. Um, So this meant that they were going to do like 20-minute shorts rather than the 60-minute films. Quite a pivot. Um, But then just one week later, in August 1939, Warner Brothers announced that, um, yes, The Hidden Staircase is still going to be released as a movie as planned, and that's still going to come out. Um, three months from this date of the announcement, but they were canceling all plans to produce any future Nancy Drew films or two reelers. Um, they didn't specify a reason, but a couple things here. Benita was planning to leave her contract with Warner Brothers at this time. Uh, she was actually going to end up going to MGM Studios right after this, and they probably decided to just end things rather than recast her in the series. Um, and also fans were really not happy with the decision to switch to the two reelers, and so maybe they were like, oh, mm-hmm. probably not worth it. If people hate it already, they might not watch. So, Well, it just seems really challenging to have to write a mystery in 20 minutes. Absolutely. Like, what What would you I know? How would you even That's... do that? Yeah, And we'll talk about that when we get to 1995, because that series is, mm. is 20 minutes. Well, 30, but with ads and everything, more like 22. But anyway, 
Following her time as Nancy, Benita is going to go on to star in 28 more movies between 39 and 1956. Uh, she actually didn't stay with that MGM contract for very long, probably because she was getting lesser supporting roles. But then in 1941, she signed with RKO Pictures, who I don't even know if they're still around anymore. But then in 1943, filmed their anti-Nazi propaganda movie, Hitler's Children, um, okay. which she later says is her favorite movie out of all of her roles. And it was actually a huge success. It was one of wow. the biggest movies of 1943, um, not just wow. for RKO Pictures, like overall, this was, it was massive. I mean, we're, I mean, it's 1943. Right. This is a very, very um, relevant Thank issue you. in the world. So yeah. it was, yeah, anyway. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Wait, did you watch it? I have not, but I've read the summary okay. of it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Here's a fun little factoid that I didn't know, though. Um, in 1942, the book Benita Granville and the Mystery of Star Island by Katherine Heisenfeld was published. This book was part of a series of mystery novels that were pretty reminiscent of Nancy Drew and Nancy Drew's style. Um, this series, though, featured famous actresses from the day. So think like Shirley Temple, Judy Garland, a dozen others um, as sleuths. So, of course, it's not a, a true story, but Benita Granville is it's her, not as Nancy, but it's just Benita Granville solving a mystery. Um, and even, so funny. Like, even the book itself from the time, I think they're actually still printing it today, but if you find a copy from the time, it looks like the Nancy Drew books from the time, like of with the blue and the, the orange letters and the, the big wow. font. So I would How? love to get a hold of that and read that and see what That's it's hilarious. like. hilarious. So funny. Yeah. Uh, and then on February 5th, 1947, Benita gets married to Jack Rather, who is a Texas oil millionaire um, who, you know, got okay. super rich Itch. making oil money and then decided, hey, I want to produce movies. And I got the money to do that. So he moves to Hollywood, starts producing movies. Um, Marries a starlet. Yep. Well, in 1947, <laughs> he met her on the film of, of, of a movie that he was producing. It was called The Guilty. Um, and she was the star. Actually, she was the star twice because she played twins in the movie. Um, and John Littell also was in that movie or Carson from the Nancy Drew series, which is fun. Um, uh, Jack rather had two children from a previous marriage and he and Benita had two more children, uh, Linda and Christopher, both of whom are still alive today. Um, and Linda was a, a child act actress in some of her parents' productions that they made later on as were rather's previous two children. Uh, so upon getting married, Benita informally retires from acting in films and would only star in three more movies between 48 and 56. Um, she would also guest star on a few TV shows in the 1950s. But by this time, Benita became hev heavily involved with the Rather Corporation, which was Jack's movie producing company. Um, and, he, mm -hmm. and she became a movie producer in her own right. She worked on titles um, through the 80s um, on uh, The Lone Ranger and Lassie were some big ones. And her cool. last ever on screen well, it was um, in the 80s as well is I think she was a narrator for one of those productions as well. Got it. That's really cool. Isn't it? Uh, and then in 1955, so before they got married, Jack, uh, under the Rather Corporation, opened the Disneyland Hotel in California um, in an exclusive deal with the Walt Disney Company. And this was the first ever hotel to ever bear the name Disney, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, when they got married, Benita uh, assumed ownership as well, and she kind of started this career as a businesswoman um and the couple actually owned several hotels together throughout their marriage they opened several more remember that for later i know it doesn't sound super relevant for to nancy drew right now but remember that one for later oh okay wow so i know that this is just like a peek into you know hollywood or whatever and just like in a really weird like 
off side kind of a way. Yeah. But this really does just highlight kind of how incestuous the whole business is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Crazy. Like everybody knows each other and everyone's involved in everyone's business and it's all one big money pit. Big time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, this this runs pretty deep. There's a lot of information about Disney tying into Hollywood, and it's it's crazy. But um, fascinating. It, and then in 1978, Jack had the Disneyland Hotel expanded to add the Bonita Guest Tower, um, which is still there today. And he opened a restaurant on the premises as well, and called it the the Granville Steakhouse, um, which That's is no so longer there. Cute. Isn't that so sweet? I love that. Oh my god! What if they really loved each other? I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> I hope they did. That's kind of sweet. I hope but. so too. I don't know why. I just always assume that like people get married unhappily. You know oh, what I mean? I don't know why. Especially when there's like money involved. I'm like, oh, I'm sure it wasn't great. And, and like at the time, I'm like, well, she had to get married. I don't know. Yeah. Just all these things, presuppositions run through my mind. But what if they really loved each other? I know. <laughs> he named a tower after her and made gave her a restaurant. That's sweet. Yeah. In the 70s, too. And that's like 30 years after they got married. Mm -hmm. And he was only five years her senior as well. When I read, like, oil millionaire, I was like, oh, gosh, how old is this dude? (laughs) But five years is not a big age difference at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Then in 1957, we have another one of our canceled projects. CBS ordered a Nancy Drew TV pilot produced by Lucille Ball's production company, Desilu. Um, and this was supposed to star Frankie Thomas Jr. Again, he's our 1938 Ted, and he is 36 years old by this time. But he is supposed to play Carson in this one. And Whoa. Um, it was supposed to be sort of a continuation of the 3839 movie, sort of, sort of not, because Ted was also, or Ned was also supposed to be called Ted in this one. And he was supposed to be played by Tim Considine, who had actually starred as Frank Hardy in the 1950, uh, 1955 Disney version of the Hardy Boys TV show. Um, and then wow. Nancy was supposed to be played by a 14-year-old Roberta Shore. Um, so Roberta Shore, she was um, just starting to try to get her acting career off the ground. She only had two credits before uh-huh. she started as Nancy. Um, and she currently has a long list of credits to her name, including the Mickey Mouse Club and the Virginian, which I'm not familiar with, but is supposedly her most popular role. Um, she informally retired from acting at the age of 22 to raise her children, and she is going to turn 80 years old this year. Wow. The CBS show was supposed to be titled Nancy Drew Detective, so again, a reference to our 38 movie, um, but it never mm-hmm. made it to air, and it was not picked up for a full series due to a lack of interested sponsors, um, which is fine because Harriet was reportedly not a fan of this <laughs> series either. Of course not. Of course yes. not. Um, but then in 1960, Benita gets honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, And then in 1972, she was appointed to the Board of Trustees for the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts by Richard Nixon. Um, And then she was appointed for another term again in 82 by Ronald Reagan, who happened to be her co-star in the 1939 movie Angels Wash Their Faces and one of her lifelong friends. Wow. Fun fact, Frankie Thomas Jr. co-starred in that movie as well, The Angels Wash Their Faces. This is their... Everyone knows each other. I know. I know. This is so weird. Yeah. Uh, and then in uh, 1984, Jack dies of cancer, leaving Benita as their sole owner of the Rather Corporation, which she sold to Disney along with the Disneyland Hotel in 1987. Um, and then sadly, a year later in October 1988, she dies of lung cancer at the age of 65. 
Um, and then in 2011, Disney inducted both her and Jack into the Disney Legends. Um, and she would have turned 100 years old if she was still alive this year. Oh, my God. I know. Why is that so sad? No. My heart. They died within a year of each other. I know. Oh, no. No, no, no. Four years. He died. Four years. And then well, she still tried to keep the company going for like three years and then eventually just couldn't do it. And oh, I see. Sold it to Disney. And then a year after that, oh. she died. Yeah. Wow. I know. And they're, they're, they're Disney legends. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> Only 65 so years cute. old, but she did so much wow. in her life. You know, she had yeah, like that... an amazing career. Yeah. It, wow. She was an amazing woman by all accounts. That is so cool. Absolutely gorgeous into her old age as well. If you find pictures of her, she's just like just as glamorous as she was when she was a younger woman. And yeah. And I bet she was super rich. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you sell something to Disney, you're, you're making some money off of that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, do you want to take it with our Pamela Sue section here? Sure. Yeah. So our next Nancy Drew starlet. Pamela Sue Martin. Um, she was born in on January 5th in 1953 in Westport, Connecticut. Um, it's so funny. In her junior year of high school, she was working at a hamburger restaurant when her friend encouraged her to follow like her to New York City so they could both become models. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Um, so she dropped out of high school um, and moved to New York where she started modeling with her friend, and then um, she later started auditioning for movies. Um, in 1972, she landed her first film role in To Find a Man, um, and then she returned to Connecticut to finish high school, and then was almost immediately cast in The Poseidon Adventure, which spent a total of 12 weeks as number one in the box office and was nominated for nine Oscars? Mm hmm Yeah. Holy shit! Our Nancys are so talented. I know. Wow. Um, season 1, episode 12 of the Hardy Boys Nancy Drew Mysteries TV show, um, The Mystery of the Ghostwriters Cruise, pays homage to this movie. Um, her performance in that movie led her to getting her first leading role in the following year. So cool. Um, yeah, so in 1976, producers for ABC approached Harriet Stradmeyer Adams with their idea for a combined Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew TV show, which is, of course, where we know Pamela Sue Martin from. Um, of course, Harriet was hesitant um, because of her dislike of the 1930s movies, um, but she did agree under the condition that she was given full veto power for every script. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Oh, Harriet. Um... But the producers happily agreed to this, though, um, and casting directors started their search with Joe, um, looking for, you know, a quote-unquote young David Casty type, which we talked about before. Um, and they found one um, in David Casty's younger brother, Sean. <laughs> Sean Cassidy. Um, and Sean had already begun his career as a musician. Um, then they cast 25-year-old Parker Stevenson as Frank, um, and then they started working on casting Nancy Jamie Lee Curtis apparently auditioned for this role. Um, that's very cool. Um, but they, they they did, you know, eventually cast uh, Pamela Sue, who was only 24 at the time. Yeah. I say only 24. I guess she was playing an 18-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> that's believable, though. I think it's fine. <laughs> I totally. Oh, totally. 
Um, on January 30th, 1977, the first episode of the Hardy Boys Nancy Drew Mystery airs on the Sunday night, 7 p.m. slot on ABC. Um, and, and, you know, the first season of the show alternates between the Hardy Boys and then Nancy Drew episodes every week. Um, the first episode on January 30th was a Hardy Boys episode. And then, you know, Nancy's first episode premiered a week later on February 6th. Um, there's 14 episodes in season one of that series. So seven for Nancy, seven for the Hardy Boys. Um, the, that's interesting. A fun fact. The pilot episode was filmed in one day and they filmed for 24 hours straight. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Why? They needed to How get it done. Do they were trying to rush wow. it so that ABC would pick it up. I guess. Yeah. And Cassidy and Stevenson who play Frank and Joe are. Joe and Frank, I guess, respectively, uh, met for the only the first time that morning. An instant chemistry. I know, isn't that great? That's crazy. Another fun fact, um, according to IMBD, uh, some of the episodes were filmed in part on the RMS Queen Mary, um, which was leased from the city of Long Beach um, and operated as a hotel by, oh my God, Benita Granville and Jack Rather. I know. What? I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I was like, wait, what do you mean it was filmed on the Queen Mary? Hold on. I recognize <laughs> that from researching Bonita Granville because she was in charge of that thing. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Um, another interesting fact, the show being on air led to a significant increase in book sales for both Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. Of course. Um, and then in 1977, Harriet received her largest yet royalties check um, from Gross and Dunlap, uh, which was for just less than $245,000, um, which is about $740,000 today. Um, yeah. So that's a successful six months, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just less than four months after the end of season one on September 11th, 1977, um, season two premiered with a two-part crossover entitled, uh, the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew meet Dracula. I love that episode. It's so good. <laughs> um, this is the first ever instance of Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys meeting ever. Um, this is before any other crossover books or, you know, games or, of course, whatever. But that's so... Their, their fate was realized that they needed to uh -huh. cross over and solve mysteries together. Um, of course, this broke, you know, from the structure of season one. The next episode in the season two would just star the Hardy Boys. And then episodes four and five were more two-part crossover. Uh, episodes six and nine were... And 11 were six just the Hardy nine. Boys. Oh, six through nine and 11 were the Hardy Boys only. Um, and then Nancy only had three solo episodes that season, which is 10, 12, and 13. Um, and we talked about this before as well. Of course, you know, after this, Pamela Sue Martin quit. Um, there's a lot of speculation as to why she would have done that. But, uh, you know, potentially having those fewer episodes could have been a reason um, you know, kind of being relegated to a supporting role character. Um, she was also apparently being paid less than Sean Cassidy and Parker Stevenson, despite, you know, being a titular character. And of course, you know, her desire to do more mature roles. Um, we all remember the Playboy cover. Oh, that's next. <laughs> We're getting there. It's in here. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, and apparently she and Harriet Stridemeyer Adams kind of butted heads over how, you know, quote unquote, sexy Nancy was allowed to be. 
rumor has it that they hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, so about their um, pay, Sean Casty earned $15,000 a week. Yikes. Which is $76,000 today. That's a lot. That is That's a lot. That's a big check. Um, but because of the massive success of the show's merchandise, they sold lunch boxes and watches and posters and clothes and a bunch of other stuff. He earned the vast majority of the money from, from this show from merch alone. Um, we don't have any information on Pamela Sue Martin's earnings, um, but if it was less than that and probably less enough for her to be pretty peeved about it. Um... <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah. Right. Um. But regardless of the ratings, this show, of course, was hugely popular with Nancy Drew fans, you know, then and now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we definitely consider this one of the best ever adaptions of Nancy. Um, and many fans also consider Pamela Sue Martin's portrayal of Nancy to be the best thus far. And I absolutely agree. Definitely do. Yes. I agree. 100% <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, so speaking of ratings, ABC wanted the show to compete with other big shows in the same time slot, like 60 Minutes um, and The Wonderful World of Disney on different networks, um, two of the highest rated you know, TV shows of all time. Um, the Nancy Drew Hardy Boys show did have good ratings, but it couldn't quite meet the bar that you know ABC set for it and that it wanted it to achieve. So how do you outdo 60 Minutes on ratings? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's just That seems crazy. For what is almost effectively a children's show, definitely a family show, I would say. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, they, it was too mm. too high of a bar. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, on February twelfth, nineteen seventy-eight, Nancy Drew returns to the show for the two-part crossover episode Voodoo Doll, um, but this time portrayed by Janet Louise Johnson. Um, she appeared as Nancy in four total episodes of season two, um, all of which were crossovers with the Hardy Boys. Um, following the end of season two, the decision was made to cut Nancy from the show entirely, and it was renamed the Hardy Boys for season three, of course, because no Nancy. Um, and then, of course, ratings declined from there, and then the show was canceled after ten episodes, which we know. Um, the final episode aired January 14th, 1979, and then after the cancellation, ABC's ratings dropped dramatically. Um, and the network executives later said it was one of the worst decisions of their careers. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of information on Janet Louise Johnson. She was 18 years old. So, um, you know, a few years younger than Pamela Sue when she played Nancy. Um, she was born on July 10th, 1959 in Illinois. Um, and this show was her big break. And she later appeared as guest stars in other various uh, mystery TV series like Columbo, Murder, She Wrote, and Diagnosis Murder. Oh, my God. I used to watch Diagnosis Murder. She was in that. <laughs> wow. I know. Um. She stopped acting in 1995 to focus on raising her three kids, and she later became a parent educator and a teacher. Um, she's currently known by her married name, Janet Lansbury, and is a child care and parenting expert, um, and apparently has written many articles and has a podcast. Um, and she's going to be 64 in 2023. That's cool. Um, in July of 1978, a few months after her departure from the show, Pamela Sue to the, of course, absolute horror of Harriet Stratemeyer Adams posed for Playboy in character as Nancy Drew. 
Uh, she's featured on the cover of the issue wearing a trench coat and holding a magnifying glass accompanied by the words, Nancy Drew undraped. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and in the interview for the magazine, she discussed her fear that being associated with Nancy Drew would lead to her being typecast as sweet, innocent characters forever. Um, while, of course, Pamela Sue had ambitions for more mature and edgier roles. Um, and she also just expressed her frustrations over the structure of the second season of the show, which makes sense. Um, and of course, she continued acting after leaving Nancy Drew, uh, most notably from 1981 to 84, as the character Fallon Carrington Colby in Dynasty. Um, she won a Bambi Award for this role in 1984 and continued to appear in TV and movies after this and hosted the February 16th, 1985 episode of Saturday Night Live. Um, a little bit of personal information she's been married and divorced three times she has one son nicholas allen from her third marriage um following the birth of her son she took a break from acting in 1991 to travel the u.s in her volkswagen van and spend time with her family she's she's great isn't she yes um in 2002 she returned to acting with a guest appearance on that 70s show um and has done a few other tv shows and movies since then um during this time, she's also worked, or she also worked as the director of a theater group in Idaho. Um, in 2019, many of us know that she played the char character Harriet Grosset, a medium in the pilot episode of the CW's Nancy Drew TV show starring Kennedy McMahon. And of course, this is a reference to Harriet Stratemeyer and Grosset and Dunlap. Um, currently, Pamela Sue is an environmental and preservation activist and philanthropist and spokesperson for Greenpeace and a wild horse sanctuary. I didn't know that. She loves wild animals, <laughs> apparently. Wow. Um, and she turned 70 just uh, in January of this year. All righty. So the next section here is Tracy Ryan's portrayal of Nancy Drew. But before we get to Tracy, we have to talk about Margot Kidder and the attempt to start a Nancy Drew TV show just a few years prior. Um, so in 1989, the Canadian production studio Nelvana ordered 13 episodes of a show called Nancy Drew and Daughter, and this was supposed to star Margot Kidder and her real-life daughter Maggie McGuane in the starring roles. Um, Margot Kidder was born October 17, 1948 in Canada and was best known for portraying Lois Lane in the Superman movie franchise from 1978 to 87. Um, in December of 1990, while filming the first episode of the series, Margot was actually in a car accident on set, which resulted in a pretty severe spinal injury and led to her being partially paralyzed. Um, it also, of course, had severe mental uh, impacts on her mental health, as you might be able to imagine. Um, and this story is actually really sad. I don't know how much you know about Margot Kidder's life. A little. Okay. I, I I only know because of the reference that they made to her in Gilmore Girls. Oh, okay. And yeah. looking it up based on <laughs> I don't remember what that Gilmore Girls. What that reference was. She she made a reference to someone looking like wide eyed Margot Kidder in a bush. Oh, okay, okay. <sighs> yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just a little, it's just a little, uh, not great, but yeah. Um, Novana actually refused to compensate her for the damages. I believe that she sued them for like workers' compensation and then ended up losing, or no, she sued them to like get the compensation for damages, but then lost the court case. And then that resulted in her being ineligible for workers' comp or something to that effect. So, um, they, I mean, I don't, know too much about the fault here but it kind of seems like they did her dirty and not 
yeah. supporting her in her like physical recovery following this and her mental health recovery. Cause it's just, I mean, this is a horrible situation. Um, so bad in fact that the project had to be canceled because she wasn't able to work for years after this. Um, yeah. had the series been made, this would have been our oldest Nancy yet. Margot was 42 at the time and her daughter Maggie was 15. Um, and sadly she died by suicide in 2018. Um, her daughter Maggie is currently 46 years old and works as a writer now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really, really horrible story. Um, would have been, mm-hmm. would have been an interesting show though. I sure would like to know more about the premise, but Oh, wow. Um, Moving on here, though, February 8th, 1971, Tracy Ryan is born in Ontario, Canada, and she majored in drama and Irish studies at the University of Toronto. And then in 1993, got her big break in the TV show Family Passions. Um, then September 23rd, 1995, the first episode of Nancy Drew starring 24 year old Tracy Ayers, um, like the failed 1990 show. This is also produced by the Canadian studio Nilvana. And this rendition featured a 21 year old Nancy who is a criminology major in New York city. Um, the series was actually inspired by the files book series, which is kind of fun. Although there's no, like I said, I just finished watching it last night. There's no murders or anything like that in it. Um, these were only 30 minute episodes and in not so primetime slot on Saturdays. Um, and I believe it aired on the WB here in the U S mm-hmm. um, but they really had to like cram these movies into these episodes because they were so short um I, mm-hmm. like it's one of those it doesn't even feel like procedural which i really liked about it it doesn't feel super formulaic it feels like i don't know kind of feels like you're reading a file that's extremely extremely condensed but it's one of those yeah. where like you have to pay attention to everything because they only have so much time so everything is important and you never know yeah. how it's going to play in so that's that's kind of fun i like that aspect yeah. of it i feel like i remember watching the pilot episode of this like oh, okay. a long time ago but i i don't remember liking it really okay <laughs> yeah but they don't even really have time to just, like introduce more than one suspect in a lot of cases but yeah. a lot of the mysteries are not super complicated you know sure. like it's like who is that guy that ran out in front of my car and then nancy ends up finding him and then that's it, yeah. you know, like that, that's yeah. the pilot. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Ned's only in like three or four episodes of this though, which is kind of nice. So that's, that's good. And I really like <laughs> um, the Bess and George portrayal on this is really fun. I think the Nancy Bess and George mm. dynamic is probably one of the um, truest um, adaptations okay. to the books. I'll have to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, but fun fact, Nirvana also produced a Hardy Boys TV show at the same time, and the two share two shows oh. aired back-to-back the same night. Um, unfortunately, the ratings for both shows were so low that they were canceled mid-season, and each show only had 13 episodes each. Uh, but they did attempt to do a little bit of a crossover with this as well. Tracy did star as Nancy in the final two episodes of the Hardy Boys show, although the Hardy Boys didn't appear in any of the Nancy Drew episodes um that is that's fine um i haven't seen the hardy boys show at all so uh, i'll have to watch that to see if it's comparable to the nancy drew show but um the final episode for both of these did air on december 16th 1995 um and another fun fact for you here the current hardy boys tv show that started in 2020 that's now on hulu is also a nelvana show so which i didn't know wow i didn't know that either Sounds like Nelvana knows what they're about. They, yeah, they kind of do. 
Um, but Tracy Ryan is actually still acting today and has been in many, many, many TV shows and movies since Nancy Drew. Um, in 2003, she married Bruce McCullough, who is also an actor. Um, he's done a, whole, a lot of things. He, um, it, we were just talking about Gilmore Girls. If y'all know Gilmore Girls, he was Tobin on that show, who was the night oh manager at the inn. Um, he's all, he's done a, a whole bunch of other things. I think he used to also be a writer for Saturday Night Live and he had his own sketch comedy mm-hmm. show for a while, but yeah. um, big name actor and they have two children and Tracy turned 50 this year wow everyone knows each other it's great (laughs) this is so weird wow 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 do you want to take maggie here (laughs) yes i want to take maggie my favorite i love maggie lawson i mean all of our actresses are great and i have a great soft spot in my heart for all of them but maggie lawson is my she's favorite. incredible i love her <laughs> i love her so much. probably because it's like a childhood nostalgia of kind of a thing yeah yeah she's in a lot of tv shows you know that i watched and liked you know so maggie lawson um she was born on august 12 1980 in kentucky and began acting in her local community theater at eight years old um and then she moved to la at only 15 to appear in her first tv show unhappily ever after um, of course, she would appear in 18 more TV shows and movies before her time as Nancy, including Home Improvement um, and Boy Meets World. <laughs> Love Boy Meets World. Um, in 2002, January, ABC orders a pilot of a Nancy Drew TV show intended to air in the 0203 season. Um, and this movie would depict 18-year-old Nancy starting out at River Heights University as a journalism major um, and subsequently stumbling upon a mystery Auditions for the role of Nancy began in February of that year, and Maggie Lawson beat out Rachel McAdams, uh, Christine Larkin, and other actresses for the role. They started filming the pilot over a couple weeks in March 2002 um, and intended to air this uh, movie in fall of 2002. But ABC decided instead to test their luck with it as a mid-season replacement um, and push the release to January of 2003. Um, they ordered six more scripts and the cast were given contracts for a spring 2003 season. Um, but in, they like changed their mind (laughs) in May, 2002, ABC decided to air the Nancy Drew pilot as a movie on the wonderful world of Disney to test reception. Um, the film was dedicated to Mildred Wirt Benson, who died in, in May that year. So then it does, you know, on December 15th in 2002, it does, um, air, at 7 p.m. and 7.5 million people watched it, um, which was pretty good. Um, but reviews apparently for it were not super positive. Um, there's an excerpt from a review in Hey Variety <laughs> um, that says, while the character may have evergreen appeal in theory, the execution here by director James Frawley feels like it's stuck in some never world. He would have us believe here that an inspiring pep talk or a heart-tugging speech is still all that's needed to turn a grievous wrong to turn grievous wrongs into a triumphant victory. Man's script tries to be timely with college athletes and drug abuse, but except for a few arguments with her father, this version feels more like a fantasy throwback with a few nods to modern life via coffee houses and cell phones. Loft. Lawson has the clean-cut go-getter style of a 21st century Nancy, but her version of the she-Sherlock appears to be driven by self-interest rather than the desire to help the greater good. That's arguable. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I also don't know that that's a fairly accurate read on original Nancy right. either. Yeah. 
very churches we're pretty self-serving um anyway but her nancy is independent and resourceful but she's also a big pain in the ass Um, Daddy Drew, played by Brett Cullen, receives a much-needed makeover and gives the story its most credibility. Any chance of resurrecting the mystery franchise, however, will need some serious rethinking. Um, and so, rethinking they did, um, because in January 2003, ABC decided to go ahead and cancel all future plans for more episodes or movies starring Maggie, um, but in 2003, the film was nominated for a Prism Award. So couldn't have done that badly. <laughs> somebody liked it. Like I liked it. Come on, Disney. I liked it too. <laughs> um, just like a few, a few reviewers. I just feel like that's just such a cheap way to decide the future of your, yeah, you know, network. Like, anyway. I mean, it had a lot of viewers as well when it first aired, so it couldn't have been. Yeah. I mean, whatever. That's all right. Whatever. Um. So, of course, Maggie moved on um, and in 2006 began starring in the role for which she is most famous, which is Detective Juliet O'Hara on Psych. Um, And that, of course, ran until 2014, so very long-running TV show. Um, And she did reprise her role in three Psych movies, the most recent of which was released just last year. Or no, not last year, two years ago, 2021. Welcome to the present year, Maggie. Maggie also dated her psych co-star James Rude Rodriguez, who played Sean for the entire run of the show, 2006 to 2014. Wow. Um, she's been married once um, and got divorced in 2017. And of course, she, you know, continues to act today and currently co-hosts a psych rewatch podcast uh, with Timothy Amundsen, who played Detective Carlton Lasseter on the show, um, titled The Psychologists Are In. <laughs> Just very cute. Um, And Maggie will be uh, 43 uh, later this year. Aww. I know. I love Maggie. Me too. She's wonderful. I love Psych as well. I mean. Psych is so good. I I never really watched the show faithfully, but I've seen many episodes and they are always good. They're always excellent. I did watch the first few seasons pretty faithfully. The last few seasons, I was like, I kind of forgot it was still on, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, was that like... 10 years yeah no. yeah eight years eight years that's a long time it's a but long tv show good run just speaks to how good it was so mm-hmm. but okay moving on here to miss emma roberts i almost said emma watson just now okay anyway <laughs> there's lots of emmas there are out there um february 10th 1991 she was born in new york state to a family full of actors and musicians of course a lot of you might already know her paternal aunt is julia roberts she landed her first movie role in 2001 and from 2004 to 07 she had her own starring role in a nickelodeon show called unfabulous i watched that religiously yeah <laughs> i don't know that i ever watched it actually i just remember her little she played the guitar and her the little theme song was Better on fabulous, oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think she had a little bit of a, a Nickelodeon-inspired music career after that as well. Probably, but probably. 
Um, then, of course, we get into to, you know her time as Nancy, but it actually goes back all the way to the early 1990s because Warner Brothers had been kind of toying with the idea of making another Nancy Drew movie since then. Um, but it did take until 2006 to actually get the ball rolling on this um, when they finally started casting for the role. Amanda Bynes actually auditioned, but they oh. passed over her for a, a then 16-year-old Emma was chosen for the role and January or filming went from January to April of 2006. That would have been interesting. I know, right? And Amanda hmm. Bynes. I mean, she was doing a lot of these types of movies yeah. at the time, so I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd gone with her, but hmm. Emma was a good choice, I think, for yeah. what this movie was. So Amanda Bynes was probably too busy. Probably. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Well, then on Ju- uh, June 15th, 2007, the movie does premiere. It's the story of a 16-year-old Nancy stumbling upon a murder case involving the missing will of a famous actress. Um, the movie is set in modern day, but they do have a lot of nods to like our original na- character of Nancy. Um, Emma Roberts, for this, she only dresses in like vintage-style clothing. She like makes a point to prefer like analog things over anything digital, and she drives like a classic 1960s car. Um, this was, of course, an attempt to make her more like the classic character from the books, but it, in reality, it made her more of just like an outcast with her modern-day peers. It didn't really have the effect that I think that they were going for, but... Mm-hmm. Reviews, though, were definitely not great for this movie. It only got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes, with other outlets not rating it very, much higher than that. Um, it didn't do too poorly, though. The film had a budget of $20 million and earned a total of $30 million in the box office. Uh, fun fact, Emma did not yet have her driver's license when they were filming this movie, so she didn't actually do any of the driving in that classic <laughs> car. Um, and she did sign on to make a sequel before this movie was ever even released, um, but likely because of the the lower ratings, it never got made, of course. Um, this one does, this movie ends with a teaser for a sequel, though, so they, they did set it up to try to do that. Nancy, at the end, gets a call for um, asking for her help on a mystery in Scotland, uh, but of course, obviously, that never got made. They did make a novelization of the movie, though, and it was released of this in the same year, same title, just Nancy Drew. Um, and it did get nominated for a number of awards. So there was two Australian Kids' Choice Awards, two Teen Choice Awards, and three Young Artists Awards that this movie um, was nominated for. And I, I don't know if it won any of those, actually, but... That's still pretty cool. Um, and fun fact, Jennifer Fisher, who some of you might recognize that name, she does, um, she's the president of the Nancy Drew Sleuths fan club. She has, what is her website? Just nancydrewexpert.com or something. nancydrewsleuths.com. She owns a few different websites actually relating to yeah. Nancy. She also plans the Nancy Drew convention every year, but she actually served as the Nancy Drew consultant for this movie. Yeah, very cool. Um, as of today, some some more of Emma's personal life here. She has a total of 40 credits to her name with four more in production or plan for upcoming in the next couple of years here. Um, some notable titles for her movies in the past include Scream 4, Were the Millers, and Holidate. And she's also been in some TV shows like American Horror Story and Scream Queens. Um, she attended Sarah Lawrence College for one year in 2011, and then in December 2020, she was the first ever pregnant woman to appear on the cover of Cosmopolitan. Um, her son with her now ex-boyfriend was born later that month, um, and she's a pretty accomplished actress now. As we said, she's done a ton of things. She's been nominated for over 30 awards in her career and has won seven of those, um, and she just turned 32 years old this year. Wow. I didn't even know she had a child. I didn't either until I saw this, but. <laughs> okay. Sophia. Sophia Lillis is great. I do have to say. Mm-hmm. She's 
fascinating. She's got a lot under her belt for this early in her career as she well. She does. She's quite young. Um, she was born on February 13th in 2002. Oh, that hurts. Um, <laughs> that hurts too, those words. I know. I know. Oh, so successful, so much younger than us. Um, <laughs> uh, she was born in New York City. Um, she first, her first acting role was a stage production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, and she did her first movie in 2016. In 2017, she landed a lead role in Stephen King's It!, um, and then later also starred in the sequel. Um, she's also been in other notable things like Sharp Objects, which is excellent, yes. excellent TV show. It is, it is. I love it so much. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Um, and I am not okay with this, which I've also seen on Netflix. Yeah. In April of 2018, she was cast as Nancy uh, when she was 16 years old. Um, Ellen DeGeneres was a producer of the film, which was then distributed by Warner Brothers, of course, who still owns the rights. Um, and Sam Trammell, <laughs> um, who is best known for his handsomeness. Thank you for putting that in there, Corey. Yes. Is best known for his handsomeness um, and his role in True Blood. He was also in The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, of course. Um, yes. I, how did I forget that yes. one? <laughs> um, he was cast as Nancy's father, Carson. Um, it premiered on March 15th in 2019. And of course, we talked about this. <laughs> it's met to mixed reviews. Um, Nancy is, you know, her original 16-year-old self in the film, which was, of course, intended for a little bit of a younger audience. Um, it's still set in modern day. Um, and Nancy is just way more, yeah, <laughs> daring is a nice word. Delinquent is another word. <laughs> she has arrested twice, isn't she? <laughs> In one yes. movie. Well, arrested once, convicted once. Okay, well. In one movie. But they talk about her previously. It's true, 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 true. <laughs> um, so she's, yeah, a little bit more daring. Um, than, you know, other Nancys that we might be used to. Um, but of course, you know, all of her actions are in the name of justice. Um, so everybody, you know, praised Sophia's portrayal of Nancy, but with like plenty of uh, criticism given to the actual mystery plot, um, received a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes um, and a score of 55 on Metacritic. So one of the reviews uh, from the AV Club uh, says this. This is not a series that requires the big budget blockbuster treatment, and the modesty of the production allows for Lilith to strike a real world likability. She wears the flannel and the skateboard. <laughs> they don't wear her. The movie itself, though, is less diligent than the teen detective hero it attempts to reintroduce. The screenplay can barely be bothered to think of exacting, exciting details for Nancy to ferret out in her sleuthing, much less the particulars of its aesthetic or sensibility, which turn out to be virtually non existent. <laughs> oh, ouch. Um, it's a watchably low-key family adventure, but that's a low bar to clear for Nancy Drew. Ouch. That's true. That's, ooh, yeah. that's it's a, watchable. That's a dig. <laughs> that is accurate. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. The true ones cut the worst. <laughs> um, the movie had a budget of $17 million, but yeah, earned a total of only $600,000 in the box office. So that is, uh, bad news. Yeah. Um, of course, it ends with a teaser for a potential sequel when Helen invites Nancy, Bess, and George to go with her to the Lilac Inn. Um, 
So that's, yeah, yeah, a good point that that you made. If they still plan to do this in spite of the low ticket sales for the first one, COVID, which, you know, happened right after that, probably threw a wrench in, yeah. <laughs> in any way. Um, yeah. So probably not going to happen at this point, but no, oh well. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. Um, Sophia just turned 21. <laughs> Um, and is, you know, currently working on three new movies, which are going to be released this year. And I'm sure has an amazing career ahead of her because, gosh, yes, already she she's is amazing. Clearly very talented. <laughs> okay, you want to take Kennedy? Okay, yes, of course. Now it is time to move on to Miss Kennedy McMahon. But before we can do that, we do have to talk about a, a couple other attempts to get this show made that ended up resulting in the current show that we we know today. Um, okay, so in October 2015, CBS announced that it was beginning to work on a Nancy Drew TV show. Um, in January 2016, they gave the show the title Drew and ordered a pilot episode. Then 35-year-old Sarah Shahi was cast as Nancy, um, and the pilot was filmed in March 2016. It was actually leaked online. Um, it was quickly removed, but I did watch it. I missed it! <sighs> I know, I can't find a copy anymore. So if you guys know where to find it, it was on the Wayback Machine. It, the link is taken down now. It's broken, so you can't find it anymore that I know of. But if you guys know where to find it, please send it to us. because Send it to me! Becky needs to watch I this. I need to see yes. it. <laughs> a little bit about Sarah here. Um, she was born on January 10th, 1980 in Euless, Texas. And she graduated from Southern Methodist University. Um, and was hey. actually a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader before she began her acting Whoa. career. Um, actually, her first acting credit was as an extra in a film in the year 2000. Um, obviously, this seemed to be a, a big interest for her. So she, after she gets that role, she quickly moves to Hollywood and currently has a long, long list of credits to her name, um, including Fairly Legal, Person of Interest, Black Adam, and her current role in a Netflix show called Sex Life. Um, in 2010, she actually guest starred in an episode of Psych alongside former Nancy Drew, Maggie Lawson. No way! Everyone knows yes. each other! So weird. Um, let's see. She's actually, uh, she has three children with her now ex-husband, Steve Howie, which if y'all have seen Shameless, he plays Kevin in, in that show. I don't know if you've seen Shameless, but. I've seen bits of it. Yeah. He's the neighbor of the main family. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they have three children together, but they are divorced now and she's dating her, currently dating her uh, co-star in her current show, Sex Life. Uh, but in this adaptation, so a little bit of the summary here, because I did watch it. I'm just going to do this very briefly, but I did take more detailed notes on this. If anybody cares, um, message me and I'd be happy to talk with y'all about this, especially if y'all have seen this, because I want to know y'all's thoughts on this as well, because I know a few people in the Nancy Drew community got, got the chance to see it before the link was taken down. Um, but anyway, so Nancy is supposed to be 30 years old in this adaptation, and she's actually just recently left the NYPD after she was sued by a photographer. Um, she wrongfully accused the photographer of the murder of his assistant. So it was like this big deal. And Nancy was like so embarrassed by wrongfully accusing him that she ended up stepping down. Um, it was very much a formulaic, you know, procedural CBS type detective mystery show featuring, you know, the one mystery per episode that's kind of shorter. And then we have the larger season long arc as well. Um, so for the pilot episode, the like shorter mystery just for this episode is that Bess has recently died. Um, and I don't like that they killed us off and just like solve her murder right away, oh but they do. It was actually ruled a suicide, but Nancy just like throughout the whole episode, she can't shake this feeling that it was murder. Um, and she's also dealing with trauma over it because it happened when she was still a police officer and she was the responding officer at the scene. 
Um, so she starts investigating with the help of George, who was previously her NYPD partner and is, George is still on the NYPD. And she actually is engaged to a woman named Stephanie, we learn. Yes. Yes. Woohoo. Finally. Finally. Uh, <laughs> finally. Oh. Um, we also meet her ex, Ned, who is a reporter. Thank goodness her okay. ex. Yes. I like that part well, of it. And a reporter. Like that, that tracks. I like that. Okay. Absolutely. Um, we see Nancy go home to River Heights to follow up on a lead in Bess's case where we meet Hannah, who is an awesome character. I love the portrayal of Hannah in this one. Um, and then we also see Carson as well and his new girlfriend who is pregnant. <gasps> yeah. Um, oh. We also learn that Nancy is adopted in this one as well. Oh. Huh. Nancy discovers, though, in the course of her investigation that not only was Bess in the process of opening her own restaurant at the time of her death, but she was also pregnant as well. Lots of babies. Yeah. <laughs> um. So she goes on, she goes, you know, the investigation goes a little bit longer. She and George look at a few different angles in this. And eventually they learn that the people that Bess was in business with murdered her because she caught them like stealing from the company and doing all this shady business. So they killed her to get her out of the way. Um. Eventually they confess with this like big dramatic scene on the rooftop and Nancy like confronts them and they do get arrested in the end. Um, and then by the end of the episode, Nancy attends George's wedding and we get this like really sweet little speech from Nancy. Um, but then at the wedding, she also runs in her, into her former police captain who agrees to let her rejoin the force. So effectively like setting up the rest of the season here. Right. And then in the final scene of the episode, we do get a shot of that photographer from the beginning who who Nancy, Nancy wrongfully accused. We see him stashing away evidence that actually he did murder the assistant. Um, and then he leaves and he's like going to go interview another woman for his assistant position. So effectively like setting up our season long arc here that Nancy is going to go like rejoin the force and catch the serial killer that she's already kind of had her eye okay. on. Listen, I yeah. haven't even seen this and I have thoughts now that you've okay. shared all this with me. Okay. How it would have been so easy for them to make best the assistant of this photographer. Right. Why didn't they just do that? I hate that they, like, if you're going to kill Bess, make it worth it and make it, like, make a whole it season thing. It. Make it a season-long arc. Because mm -hmm. now Bess is just dead. Make this yeah. Helen or something. I don't care. Just not Bess. I know. I know. Uh, but I actually really enjoyed this. I yeah. I mean, again, it is one of those formulaic procedural police sure. shows. We've got a million of those just because we slapped the name Nancy Drew on it doesn't necessarily make it Nancy Drew. <laughs> She's also, um, you know... I'm sure you've seen the BBC Sherlock where he's like super analytical and just can like read a whole situation in one second. Nancy is, is that in this as well. She can look at a person and tell you exactly where they're mm. going, what they've been doing that day and why they're acting so weird. Hmm. Another fun fact, the police station that was used for the set of the police station in the pilot episode was the same set that they used in the CBS show Elementary, which was also a Sherlock Holmes adaptation starring Johnny Lee Miller and Lucy Liu, which I instantly recognized because I was obsessed <laughs> with that show. Um, so I thought that that was kind of fun. Uh, but CBS did later pass on the pilot in favor of picking up a legal drama for that season instead, which that got canceled after like half a season anyway. So whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, but then in October 2017, the same creators from that Drew show heavily reworked the show in order to try to get it picked up by NBC instead. So they pretty much scrapped everything from that pilot. And in this version, they make Nancy, Bess, and George much older, probably around like their 50s or their 40s or 50s, somewhere in that range. 
Um, and the premise is that Nancy is now a mystery author who has written books about her own life. Um, and Bess and George aren't super happy with how they're portrayed in the novels. I don't know if that means that like Nancy played up her own contributions and like downplayed their help in the mysteries or if they didn't like like Bess being fat shamed the entire time. I don't know what specifically <laughs> they had the issue with, but essentially the the premise of this is that they are now working on repairing their friendship after having drifted apart because of that and that leads them back to solving mysteries together that's kind of cute yeah it would have been interesting i mean again yeah. we lose that like young detective sure. who is defying the police expectations to solve things faster than everyone else and it's it's very different but it could have been but a yeah. cool idea we've never had anything like that before we've never had an older nancy drew right um, sadly, though, NBC did pass on the show and it got reworked and then changed hands and then reworked again. And then this happened many, many, many times before finally ending up in the lap of the CW. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> so that leads us to October 30th, 1996, when Kennedy McMahon is born. Um, actually, she was born to two writers and her mother, Lisa McMahon, is a mystery author. Fun fact. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Kennedy majored in acting at Carnegie Mellon and graduated in 2018. Um, she had two like TV show guest stars before being cast as Nancy, but those were her only like real big credits. Um, but then in February 2019, she was cast as Nancy. Mm-hmm. Um, September 2018, CW orders the pilot episode of Nancy Drew and announced that Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage are going to develop the show. Uh, like I said, casting began in early 2019. Actually, Freddie Prince Jr. was originally cast as Carson, but he later dropped out and was w- replaced yeah. with Scott Wolf. Um, and then Pamela Sue Martin was cast for that cameo in the pilot episode around this same time sure. as well. Um, then October 9th, 2019, Nancy Drew airs on CBS in a 9 p.m. Wednesday time slot starring Kennedy, who is about to turn 23 years old. Nancy's character in this adaptation is, or she turns 19 years old in the first season, and the idea is that she is taking this gap year after finishing high school. Um, In this adaptation, she lives in Horseshoe Bay, Maine, and works at a restaurant, a seafood restaurant called the Bayside Claw. Her mother, Kate, died of cancer just a year prior, um, and so Nancy is like actively grieving throughout the show, and that's a big component of it. Um, Ned, for whatever reason, was changed to Nick in this in this version of the show. George Fan, not George Fane, George Fan is the manager of the Claw and is not at all related to Bess Marvin, who's also a waitress at the Claw um, and is British for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> they also oh. add some new characters to the show, such as Ace, who fans heavily speculate is going to later be revealed as a Hardy Boy. Theories online begin to circulate when they realize that Ace's last name is never mentioned. He's got this father who's a police detective. Mm-hmm. And the Hardy Boys, they also, as fans also notice, the Hardy Boys was going to enter the public domain on January 1st of this year, 2023. Um, so they thought, hey, you know, maybe they're just like buying their time until then. And then in the next season, which right. is going to air later this year, uh, maybe they will reveal that actually his name is like, Ace Hardy or Joe Hardy, who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's blonde, but um, but who knows what we're going to see this year now that the Hardy Boys are in the public domain officially. Mm-hmm. Um, this show does have a supernatural twist with plenty of ghosts and hauntings and all that kind of fun stuff. <sighs> Beth starts practicing witchcraft in like the third third season, I think. So that's kind well, of kind I'm of interesting. A fan of that. Yeah, I like that part <laughs> as well. 
Bess gets like really into it. I'm like, I want to show up just this. I just yeah. want to see Bess Marvin practicing witchcraft to get get rid just of the haunts in town. Yes. Yeah. Um, the show was met with mixed reactions from fans. Every time I talk to somebody about this, they either absolutely love the show or absolutely hate it. Um, some people love it for how it presents this more mature, complex Nancy, and others criticize it for deviating too much from the original character and the original books that we know, um, and for incorporating the supernatural elements. A lot of people do not like that aspect of it. Um, the show is often likened to Riverdale, at least by me, um, which is another CW <laughs> supernatural teen drama. Yeah. It only has a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes and a score of 55 on Metacritic, um, and there are a total of 18 episodes in season one. Writers incorporated a ton of references to the books and the Stratemeyer syndicate in the show, which I appreciated. Like Nancy investigates right. like Keene High School and you always see like a stack of yellow spines in the background anytime sure. you go to a library, all fun stuff like that. Uh, March 2020, they released a novelization of the show called Nancy Drew the Curse, which is supposed to act as like a prequel to the events of season one. Um, some personal information here about Kennedy. Um, get ready to sob. In a November oh 2020 Instagram post, she revealed that she and her long-term boyfriend, Sam, had eloped and that they had future plans for a larger post-COVID wedding celebration. Um, the two actually met in college and have a dog and two cats together. And Scott Wolf, who plays Carson in the show, actually walked Kennedy down the aisle because her oh. own parents were unable to be there because of COVID. Oh, my, oh God. my gosh. <laughs> Just That's a mental so image of Carson walking Nancy down the aisle, and I'm crying, and it's not even to someone <laughs> named Ned, thank goodness. And like, <laughs> I just think that that is absolutely adorable. That is really sweet. Um, I mean, the cast has like gotten to be like actually close sure. in real life, so it's just it's just so sweet. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, Kennedy has been really open about her own mental health struggles and her OCD diagnosis herself. Um, and in a June 2021 Instagram post, she revealed that the Nancy Drew writers actually allowed her to have a good deal of input on how Nancy is portrayed and how her trauma is portrayed in the show and how it's dealt with. Um, she said in the post that she that it was really important to her that Nancy has control of her own trauma narrative, but isn't held back or defined by it. So I just thought that, that was really cool that like Kennedy had input on how nancy has written in the show yeah. and i thought, thought that that was awesome because i don't know of any other case where that was the case in the past sure. or any other movie where that was the case you know or tv yeah. show um going back to the timeline here though january 20th of 2021 season two begins airing and it had 18 episodes in this season um season two episode seven introduced the bobsy twins to the show and episode 15 introduced the character tom swift which is of course another stratemeyer syndicate title um, this episode actually served as the backdoor pilot for a spinoff, which was also titled Tom Swift. Um, unfortunately, that show had very low viewership and was canceled after just 10 episodes. Um, but for this season, the first episode of this season marked a very important milestone for the show because it was now the longest running <laughs> Nancy Drew TV show ever. Ooh, uh, two seasons. <laughs> Well, the 1997 or 1997, 1977 show featured Nancy sure. in a total of 18 episodes across two seasons. So it did have two seasons. So if we include the crossovers, that's 18 right, total episodes. Right. So season two, episode one marked 19 episodes. Um, and of course, the 1995 show only had 13 episodes with the two Hardy Boy yeah. crossover episodes yeah. total as well. So that's kind of fun. Um, and then in October of 2021, just four months after the end of season two, they start airing season three. Um, and for this show, for this season, they moved the show to a 9 p.m. on Friday time slot rather than the Wednesday time slot. Um, and there were only 13 episodes in season season three. 
Um, then in March of 2022, the CW announced that Nancy Drew had been renewed for its fourth and final season. Um, filming wrapped on December 17th of last year, and it's set to air on May 31st of this year, 2023. And the final episode is going to air on August 23rd, meaning that there will probably also be 13 episodes in that season. Um, so if that's the case, that will bring the total episode count for the show to 62. Um, and then in January of 2023, Kennedy announced that she'd been cast in the main role of a spinoff of the show, The Good Doctor, which is going to be titled The Good Lawyer, which is going to be about a lawyer with OCD. Uh, and Kennedy is going to turn 27 this year. That's exciting. I know. Good for Congratulations, her. Kennedy. Yeah. Of course, this brings us up to present day now, but we cannot mm -hmm. go without talking oh about a little bit more here about the future. <sighs> You want to take it with the musical? Yes. So in October in 2018, um, Playbill announced that they were going to make Nancy Drew the musical for Broadway. Simon and Schuster commissioned Jeff Thompson to write the music and Jeffrey Desmond to write the lyrics for the show, um, which is supposed to star Nancy in her 60s, um, her daughter, Diane Nickerson, and then her granddaughter. And then, you know, the three women are supposedly estranged and they take a cruise together and attempt to reconcile uh, where they stumble across a mystery. Um, but, yeah, there's not a whole lot of information online about this project. Um, but, yeah, Playbill's announcement indicated that there was going to be a live reading of the show done by Judy McLean as Nancy and Betsy Wolf as her daughter, Diane. And I, we found something on YouTube about, oh, you have that down below. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. Um, just a month later in November, Thompson and Desmond released six songs from the musical on their website, rewritemusicals.com. Um, and though it doesn't state who performed the songs, the song titles are Nancy Freakin' Drew, Not Bad for a Girl, Off She Goes, I Would Never, Stuck With Me and Find Your Light. Uh, in November of the following year, in 2019, the National Coalition Against Censorship hosted a live performance in New York City of two of the songs from the musical, Not Bad for a Girl, which is sung by Nancy's character, and Find Your Light, sung by Diane's character. Uh, and videos of the performance were posted on YouTube, and I have seen them, and they are very weird. They are weird. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's not. It wasn't weird for me for for the performance that it was because I understood it was just you know a performance of some of the songs, but the songs themselves, or like not, I don't know. They just didn't feel like Nancy Drew to me. Yeah, it was weird. But anyway, um, the actresses performing in these videos weren't credited in the video description, uh, but they don't appear to be McLean and Wolf. It's interesting. We don't know who they are. Um. The description just says that the musical is a co-production by Simon & Schuster and Revelo Imaginations, who have a long-standing partnership. Um, in 2021, Revelo Imaginations lists Nancy Drew in the case of The Vanishing Ruby as an upcoming show on its website, but the More Information button is a broken link. Yeah. <laughs> so, dang it! Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. There was previously a Hardy Boys production listed on the page, but that's no longer there. But, you know, around that time there was COVID, so the production probably had to pause and, you know, there's no new information. So it's probably not happening. Well, <laughs> until you read the next part here. Oh, oh God. Oh, what? 
Okay. So in December, you read. You you read. Okay. This part. Yes. Okay. So I've I've looked. I actually contacted the guys that Simon and Schuster hired to write the music and lyrics, and they did not respond to me. But then in December of 2022, Jennifer Fisher posted the following on her Facebook page, implying that work is possibly still being done on the play. So this is a quote from her. 2023 looks to be a great year for Nancy Drew fans. There's a super fun project coming up with something that's never been done before for Nancy Drew, so I've appreciatively been able to be a part of that, and I can't wait for that to launch soon. There's an upcoming immersive tour that may debut later in 2023. Oh my gosh, we need to go to that. (gasps) And possibilities with Nancy Drew Broadway play still being in the works. We'll see how that progresses, but the new revamped treatment and team behind it is amazing. There's Hmm. more, but I can't say much now, so I'll leave it as a curious cliffhanger to be continued in 2023. But as soon as I can talk about it, you'll all get the scoop. So... Something is happening. We just don't know if it's still the same team that had been announced as previous. We don't know if any of those songs that are online are, you know, still going to make it into the final production. We don't even know if the premise is still the same. But supposedly this is happening, y'all. So uh, maybe we need to go to New York when this premieres just so that we can see it on Broadway. Because, oh my gosh. 100% do. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. Oh my gosh. My heart just started beating <laughs> so fast. Oh, I, okay. The amount of hype I would have, not just for a musical version of Nancy Drew, but like just any play adaption would be just like, it. my, my, I just, oh, so excited. Oh my God. I know, I know. Gotta, I got to keep it in check. The thing is, okay, I do want to talk about Nancy Drew adaptations in general because I just feel like it's just so disappointing. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to do a Nancy Drew adaptation right. But, like, what is the problem? Do you understand my question? Like, it feels like everybody wants to do it. Everybody's been doing them. Mm -hmm. They're popular. It's, like... People are interested. People watch them. All that stuff. But then just something just isn't right and just never clicks. And it's disappointing. And I don't know if it's just, like, not understanding, like, the fan base correctly or, like, what people are actually, like, looking for in a Nancy Drew adaptation that calls a lot of them, causes them a lot of them to fall flat. Right. Um, but it's just every single one, it feels like nobody gets it. Yeah. It it always seems like they're trying to do Nancy Drew, but with a twist. Oh, it's Nancy yes! Drew, but it's modern day. It's Nancy Drew, but she's older. It's Nancy mm-hmm. Drew, but she has a skateboard. It's, you know, it's yeah. not, it's Nancy Drew, it's Nancy but there's Drew, ghosts somehow. Nancy Drew, but she's professional. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. never, it's never just Nancy Drew. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe that's why the 77 one was so successful. One, because Harriet right. had a big hand in that show. And that's true. You know, it is, it's so close to the original <laughs> books that they didn't yeah. try to change a whole lot that it is just trying to be Nancy Drew. There is a little bit of a spin that now we have the Hardy Boys here, but that right. even that is still pretty faithful with how the Hardy Boys are portrayed. I just feel like it's so possible. It's like so possible to get to make a Nancy Drew adaptation that is faithful, but also good. Yeah. And I just, it's just truly baffling to me how, like, we just can't manage it. We just can't seem to manage it. Or at least not for very long. Yeah. (laughs) 
I wasn't sure if they were going to keep going with the CW show, the current one, because people yeah. were really pushing for a season five. And sure. now there's like a zombie cliffhanger that they did at the oh last God. end of the season. And it's just like, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't. I, I know I've come down hard on the Nancy Drew CW TV show. I don't hate it. I think it's fine. I just don't want to watch it. I just. It's unintentionally funny to me. And I think that yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. There's just something about seeing characters that you really love be different than the way that you love them. Absolutely. It's like, this isn't right. This is not. And I'm not saying that like adaptions can't take things in a new direction and, you know, introduced like, you know, yeah, like new settings and even ghosts. Hell, if you really want to. But it's just like at its core, not a whole lot of the Nancy Drew adaptions that I have seen. I feel like at their core feel like Nancy Drew and just aren't deserving of the title of Nancy Drew. Right. It's yeah. always like, let's make this brand new mystery show with these cool, different elements and just slap the name Nancy yeah, on it. Yeah, exactly. And call it good. And it's not the same thing as starting with the character of mm -hmm. Nancy and staying true to her and then trying to build around yeah. that. And I feel like the problem of the problem at this point is just that Nancy Drew's name is just so ubiquitous that right. almost like any young female detective gets slapped with the title of Nancy Drew or Nancy Drew-esque. Or like if you watch other young detective shows like, you know, Veronica Mars, they called her Nancy Drew all the time. And she, I mean, there are some similarities, but like no more similarities than, you know, yeah, the CW Nancy Drew has to actually right. Nancy. <laughs> That's you true. Know? So it's oh, like, gosh. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, at this point, I feel like we really desperately need something or someone to bring us back to the original point of the series in order for, for us to like regain just what like the s the true essence of nancy drew right it's too scattered they're all different portrayals nobody has a clear sense of what this actually is um yeah it's just also different and varied and it's like but there really is like a common thread and a theme of like you know female empowerment and you know being young and uh different a little bit but like positive and i don't know but but none of them like i feel like actually like capitalize upon that common thread oh absolutely you know not mean? right they'll capitalize on whatever special take that they're doing and it's just like come on but yeah. i don't know that's just my opinion well, and we've said this before, but this is probably very likely the reason why the games were such popular adaptations, right. because you don't see Nancy, so there's mm -hmm. nowhere to, like, place those expectations, because yeah. you are seeing out of Nancy's eyes, you are... You're acting as Nancy. Yeah, so... And you also get to choose, like, you get to choose whether or not Nancy is forthright in a mm -hmm. conversation sometimes, or maybe you choose not to say something. Sometimes you have to say things in order to progress the mystery or whatever. And the more recent ones, you don't. Sometimes right. you can just move on, you know? So, yeah. I mean, so it's, that very, makes, yeah. it's very easy to like that portrayal of Nancy Drew right. when you're deciding what goes into it and how, yeah. it, I mean, obviously it's all predetermined, but what, you know, still. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even but, talk but, about, oh, sorry. 
sorry, I was just going to say that because like, I mean, even with those games, it's that I feel like that holds on to the common thread. The fact that like they are PC games in and of itself is kind of like echoing the nature of the books. Right. Like, you know, self-determination, you know what I mean? We didn't even really talk about the, um, you know, the appearance of all these actors that played Nancy. And there's always, it's always very polarizing of what an actress looks like, of how well fans will receive her as Nancy. I know Mm -hmm. that there was a lot of, um, right. Dislike. mm -hmm. Yeah. They were like, Oh, how dare they not make Nancy white. And it's like, gosh, why is that the most important part of this? I I want the, like her her personality to be nancy mm-hmm. i don't care what she looks like but right. you know it's always interesting to see oh is she blonde is she redheaded is, <laughs> you know yeah that's Who always they a gonna top topic yeah yeah and of course in the games we don't have to see nancy so that's not of even course. an issue because we are yeah. nancy who cares so yeah i gotta say that i feel like most of the castings that i have seen have been really great really talented actresses um and I've always think that they've I've always thought that they've done a really good job with that. Obviously I didn't get to see the Sarah Shahi pilot, but I'm sure she was great as well, you know? Oh, she's so a great just, actress anyway, so Yeah. It's not a, the the issues that I have with these adaptions is never with who's playing Nancy. <laughs> yeah. Well that's fair. That's fair. It's always with I mean, I'm sure for some people that's an issue. Um, but for me it's always just like, this is not right. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is this person they don't act anything like nancy we're not at river heights where's Bess and george why is Bess dead i don't like it <laughs> if carson's not hot i don't want to watch it <laughs> oh oh that reminds me the 1995 show we never meet carson no he's mentioned one time <laughs> but they didn't even cast a carson what a oh, missed opportunity man. such a missed opportunity each episode is so short anyway. We really didn't even have time for Carson, but whatever. Anyway. Like an older mm, Sam Trammell. I know. <laughs> I know I've told you a million times, Corey, but I have, um, just for our listeners' sake, I saw Sam Trammell in the Denver airport. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You just me that. And I didn't go out to him. Because he clearly wanted to be incognito, like he was wearing like a hat and sunglasses and had like his cell phone to his ear, even though I don't think he was actually talking to anybody on his cell phone. Awesome. Um, But I really wanted to. (laughs) Was he just as handsome in person? Oh my God, yes. Oh, good. 100%. Salty gray, like stubble beard. Oh, nice. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. Shameless plug here for our Scoop Sesh series over on Patreon. We did. Our most recent episode of that, we talked about uh, adaptations we would like to see. So we came Mm -hmm. up with some concepts for shows that we wish would have been made in the past or that would be made in the future. So if y'all are interested in hearing more discussions on adaptations, because I can't get enough of it personally, um, come listen to that. But I could probably come up with a thousand other ideas all day long because I just want every variation of every Nancy Drew adaptation ever. Listen, I mean, I, we, we talk about this in the scoop set. So if you've listened to that or you are going to listen to that, I'm just going to reiterate it here that Corey and I are available 
for yes. all um, any type of consulting work, um, any you know writing cred, any anything. Just just give us a shout. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. You can email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for it, okay? We are passionate fans, ready oh, yes. to work. Yes. <laughs> We know a lot about Nancy Drew between the two of us, and we're mm-hmm. learning more every single day. So we would be happy to provide our knowledge to any adaptation of Nancy Drew. <laughs> For the low, low cost. <laughs> oh, man. Pennies on the dollar, man. Pennies on the dollar. Anything for Nancy. Anything. <laughs> Oh man, Becky has an acting career a little bit. So if oh, y'all no, need, no, no, I don't. No, <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely not. hundred percent not. Not available for that. I mean, I guess if you need extra work, I'll be a body on a set. But like... <laughs> what if they need a Bess? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think you could play Bess. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> and acting days are far, far behind me. <laughs> <laughs> You got the blonde hair. Apparently, that's all you need, right? So, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, blonde hair and body issues. No, I'm here. No. <laughs> oh no, that's not a good note to leave it on. I'm sorry. 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 No, it's my own self-deprecating humor. No, I apologize. No. <laughs> it's everything's fine. I'm. I'm. I'm perfectly at ease. <laughs> Very no happy. self-deprecation necessary for you or Bess, honestly. <laughs> true, true. For anyone, really. I just meant that Bess and I have that in common. And it's probably why I love Bess so much. Bess is very relatable. <laughs> very relatable. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> That's another thing I would have liked to see in that, that Drew show in 2016 that they canceled. Give me an alive Bess who opens her own restaurant because that's mm-hmm. that's a great little arc for Bess. That is a great arc for Bess. Growing up, being successful, pursuing her her passion. Embracing your love of food. Yes. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Exactly. Zero wrong with liking food. Now we need a history of Bess, Marvin. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real story that I'm interested in, yeah. We'd have to get your alternate universe theory back up and running and Bess being psychic. Yes. And a witch. (laughs) And a witch now. (laughs) Oh, I love this. It's too good. I think that's all we've got for this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. But so next up for episode 56, we are going to be covering drum roll. I don't know if that sounds like a drum roll. Just me. <laughs> do, yep. you say, do you want to say it, Corey? Sure. We're going to go back to the mystery stories. Of course, we're going to cover number six, The Secret of Redgate Farm. I'm excited. You said this is about a cult? There's, yeah, Nancy <laughs> investigates a cult in this one. Oh my god. I, I've heard that this one is bonkers. Mm. It's been a long time since I've read it personally, but I'm excited. Yeah, I don't remember ever reading this one, like, ever. I, I have no memory of the plot. That doesn't mean I didn't read it. I just have no memory of it. I mean, that same goes for a lot of the mystery stories that we yeah. read when we were little, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, join us next time, regular Drews. We'll see you then. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. 
If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at RegularNancyDrew and Twitter at RegularND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.